0: continuing with our study of arbaeena nawwi the the forty hadith of imam al Nawi, we'll have a quick recap of where we uh, what we covered last session so from what we covered last session in this great and noble hadith is that the messenger alayhi salatu he said upon you is to hear and obey listen to your leaders even if you have a slave as a leader over you the scholars they have unanimously agreed upon the fact that a slave is not allowed To be a leader. He can't be the Khalifa. So what does this Hadith mean? What does this Hadith mean? The Messenger has said, Upon you is to hear and obey the leader, even if he is a slave. But the ulama, they have agreed upon the fact that a slave cannot be a leader. It's not allowed for a slave to become a leader, Sheikh Abbas. Exaggerated speech. Emphasizing the importance of hearing and obeying your leader. Emphasizing the importance of hearing and obeying your leader. That even if it was a slave. What else can it mean? What else can it mean? Sheikh Ridwan. For example, a slave, Sheikh Ridwan is saying, yes. Takes over your... Your village, okay. I know what you mean there. Not necessarily takes over, but he is just like a minister, like a governor for your village. Yeah, there's a Khalifa. Huh? Very good, Sheikruddin. That means you were listening last week. Khair. You have the Khalifa, the leader, the supreme leader over the nation. He then has a minister or a governor someone that is an agent for him, someone that's a governor, a minister, that he has placed in charge of a certain region within the nation. The whole land consists of various different regions, various different states perhaps. The Khalifa, the leader, has placed someone as a minister, a governor, over a certain part of the land, certain piece of the land, a certain region, a certain state. So what this hadith can imply is that you should listen and obey your leader, even if he's a slave, meaning even if the governor of your region, the governor of your state, the minister that's in charge of your region, your state, even if he's an abd, even if he's a slave. What else can it mean? What else can it mean? Very good. Meaning, before, and it could be the case that before he was a slave, it could be the case that before He was a slave, he then became freed, became freed and then he became the Khalifa. Then he became the leader. And therefore upon you is to listen to him and obey him. Because now he's become the Khalifa and he became a Khalifa when he was in a state of being hur, When he was in a state of being free. He was a slave before, became freed, later on in life he became the Khalifa, later on in life he became the leader. So upon you is to hear and obey him. And fourthly, uh, yes, fantastic. If the slave he does a rebellion against the leader, and obviously there won't be stability. There won't. We can't say that there'll still be stability because the nature of rebellions are such that. It doesn't bring about stability. There is turmoil in the land when a rebellion occurs. But a rebellion occurs at the hands of this slave. He takes over. And then if things become settled, when things become settled, and he still has authority within his grasp, he still has uh, power within his reins, the reins of power are still in his hands, then you have to listen to him. You have to obey him it does not mean that the method that he employed in becoming the leader was legitimate le- was legitimate but it does mean that he is now the leader he is now the ruler and you can't rebel against him you can't uh, uh, rebel against him why because rebelling against him would cause further bloodshed if the thing if if the if the case is such that he's become the leader he's gained authority and istaqarrat al-umur the things are settled now, the affairs are settled now. There's peace, there's stability in the land. Then you have to listen to him. You have to obey him. Even though you don't like him, even though you don't like what he's done, listen to him and obey him. Otherwise, a rebellion, another rebellion, is just going to cause more bloodshed as it did in the previous rebellion. Tamam. Then after that, the Messenger, he said, فَإِنَّهُ مَنْ يَعِشْ كَثِيرًا The Messenger said to the companions, Whoever's gonna live long amongst you, then he's gonna see much differing. What does this indicate? What does this indicate? Truth, uh, the truthfulness of the prophethood of the Messenger. This is from Dala'il and Nubuwa. This is from those things that indicate that the Prophet is a true prophet, because that is exactly what happened. Those that lived lived long amongst the companions, like Abdullah ibn Masud,, عنه, like Abdullah bin Umar,. عنه, those that lived long amongst them, then they did end up seeing much differing occur within the Ummah. They ended up seeing much differing occur within the Ummah. But the messenger والسلام, he then gave us a solution. He prophesies that this differing is going to occur that this sectarianism is going to arise but he gave us the solution sometimes you find those that are antagonists against Islam those that have a problem with Islam those that wanna criticize Islam you sometimes find those type of people say look at you Muslims look at your Islam it is true your Islam is a true religion but look at how much how much differing that you have they'll start off with What is it? You have those Sunnis and those Shiites, what do you call them? Those Sunnis and those Shiites, tell me more about them. They say this in order to have a dig at you. But look, look at your Islam. You're fighting amongst yourselves. You have so many sects between yourselves. We say to that person that this statement, that there are sects within Islam, many sects within Islam, this is something that confirms that Muhammad is a true prophet. Because Muhammad did not say that I am, the, I am the leader of this final uh, nation, the best of nations, and that this nation shall follow me totally and absolutely. No. He said that there are going to be people from my nation that are going to differ from my sunnah, go against my sunnah. The messenger, he said categorically, that this ummah will split into sects, 73 sects. He mentioned them by, by number. So this is from the proofs of his prophethood. But the Prophet ﷺ did not just leave us there, he didn't leave us hanging. You're going to split up, you're going to differ. There's going to be sects. But rather he gave us the cure, he gave us a solution by saying that upon you is my sunnah and the sunnah of the rightly guided Khulafa after me. Upon you is to stick to the Islam that I taught, the knowledge that I imparted, the Islam that I was upon, and likewise the rightly guided successors after me. Then the messenger alayhi salatu was salam he said to the end of the hadith upon you is to be cautious to be aware of the newly invented matters for every newly invented for every innovation is a misguidance every innovation is a misguidance and then we mentioned certain statements from the salaf in this regard one of the statements that we mentioned is that famous statement of imam malik a famous statement of Imam Malik when he said Man Imam Malik he said whoever innovates into Islam and innovation Considering it to be good considering the innovation to be good Then he has claimed that Muhammad has betrayed the message that that he was in, that he was entrusted to impart meaning the one that says that muhammad that they, they, that a certain innovation is good and we mentioned an example what was the example that we mentioned milad the birthday of the celebration of the birthday of the prophet whoever claims that an innovation in islam is good introducing something to islam is something good then you're claiming that Muhammad Sallallahu has betrayed the trust that he was entrusted with. Or, what, could, what, what else could you be claiming? What else could you be claiming? So you're claiming that essentially Muhammad, he betrayed the trust, he was insincere in fulfilling the trust. What else could you, what, what else could you, could you be implying? What else could your statement that an innovation is good imply? One thing that it could imply is that Muhammad وسلم, he wasn't eloquent enough. He lacked communication skills to be able to communicate the message properly. Sheikh Ammar. Or that you're claiming that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, did not have enough knowledge of Hasha. How far removed is the Messenger والسلام, from that accusation? The, messen- the Messenger's Umuman, the Messenger's in general were Alamun Nas, Nas, afsahun Nas. They were the most knowledgeable of mankind, they were the most sincere of mankind, and they were the most eloquent of mankind. And therefore, the Prophet, وسلم, if he knew that Mawlid and Nabi, the celebration of the Prophet, is something that is virtuous he would have conveyed it because he would have had knowledge that it is something virtuous and because he was sincere in conveying anything that is good for us to us then he would have told us that Moly the nabi is something that is good because he was sincere in telling us what is good for us and because he وسلم, was the most eloquent of people then he did not lack the vocabulary he did not lack the the communication skills in order to communicate to us the fact that Mawlid al-Nabi is something that is good, is something that is virtuous. So the one who claims that the Messenger alayhi salatu or rather the one who claims that a certain innovation is good, then he is essentially saying that Muhammad alayhi salatu has betrayed in conveying the message. Tamam, as for the hadith, as for the hadith. Where the messenger alayhi salatu wasalam he said وأجر وأجر من من بها, the narration that has been recorded in the Sahih Imam muslim that whoever sets a sunnah in islam a good sunnah a good a good sunnah a good way in islam then for him is its reward and the reward of whoever acts upon it, whoever sets a, a sunnah, a way, a good sunnah in Islam, and he'll have the reward of that and the reward of anybody who does that. This narration here, it is Mahmood or it is, it is uh, in the context of the one who sets a goodly sunnah, a goodly precedent in in the abwab al khair in those matters that are considered virtuous anyhow and that which proves that is the context of this hadith the context of this hadith is that a man came a man from the ansar he came with a package a big package of silver in order to give in charity so giving charity is that from al khair from the acts of goodness or not. Obviously giving in charity is from the acts of goodness. And this is what this man did. He gave a a big package of silver in charity. And then what happened is that people then ended up following his sunnah. That tradition, that way that he had now uh, uh, set. That tradition of coming out and giving charity. People then started to come out and give charity just like this person did and so the messenger والسلام, he said man fil Islam sunnatan hasana falahu wa ajruha wa ajru man amila biha whoever sets a good sunnah then for him is its reward and the reward of the one who acts upon it meaning whoever sets a sunnah in al khair whoever is a qudwa hasana in khair whoever is a good example in doing good in doing good Likewise, from the meanings that this statement can carry and carries about setting a good sunnah is The one who makes manifest a sunnah of the messenger and brings it to life. The one who makes manifest a sunnah of the messenger and gives it and gives it life. There's a sunnah of the Messenger وسلم, but it has been forgotten. People, they have no consideration for it anymore. Something that the Messenger Alaihi did. Something that the Messenger Alaihi approved of. Something that he said. Something from the sunnah of the Messenger Alaihi which has become almost extinct. Nobody knows of it anymore. So the one who revives that sunnah essentially and thus gives it life then this is one of the meanings that this statement uh it carries an example of that is Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu doing what taraweeh did the messenger alaihi salatu establish the taraweeh in the masjid he did so but then what happened he stopped it why did he stop it because he did not want it to become an obligation okay but now after he alaihi salatu has passed away can it become an obligation it can't become an obligation and therefore based upon that Umar عنه, when he saw that there were various different jamaat various different congregations within the masjid praying qiyamul layl praying the tarawih, then he feared that this would cause differing between the companions and obviously he knew of the fact that the messenger والسلام, had established a tarawih prayer in the masjid for a set number of days and therefore it was a sunnah and the fear that the messenger والسلام, had no longer uh, uh you know no longer is is valid why because the Sharia has now come to a point of cessation legislation is no longer going to happen because the messenger has passed away and thus Umar عنه, he gathered the companions together in one jama'ah and made them pray tarawih in the masjid. And as a result of that, he gave life to a sunnah that was no longer that was no longer happening. When Umar anhu saw this, what did he say? What did he call this? He, he gathered the companions together and made them pray Tarawih. Ni'matul bid'ah. What a good bid'ah this is. Okay, but we said before that a bid'ah, every bid'ah is a dhalala. So, what does this mean? What does this mean? Huh? Very good. Meaning in the linguistic sense of the word. This is a نِعْمَةُ bid'ah. This is a nice bid'ah, nice a nice innovate in the linguistic sense of the word. Bid'ah is something that is new in the linguistic sense of the word, meaning this is something that wasn't happening. It wasn't happening. The Messenger alayhi had stopped it because of a fear that it would become obligated upon the companions and therefore it was something new as far as the linguistic sense of the word is concerned. As far as the technical Islamic sense of the word is concerned, then no, it's not a bid'ah. Why? Because it is something that the Messenger alayhi himself had established. The illah, the reason for him stopping it, no longer now exists because the illah the reason for him stopping it was the fear of it becoming wajib and now because the messenger alayhi salatu has passed away that illa no longer exists likewise um or rather the messenger alayhi commanded us to follow his sunnah and he also commanded us to follow whose sunnah the sunnah of the khulafa al rashidun so likewise from that angle from that bab uh, umar and whose عنه, action His action, the fact that the companions also agreed with him in that regard is also considered a sunnah, is also considered a sunnah, tamam. Part number eight is a summary of the benefits and that consists of 12 points. Point number one. Point number one is that it is. Um, it is liked, and it is it is liked for a maw'idah to be delivered, for an admonishment to be delivered at certain times, because that has an effect upon the hearts. To deliver a maw'idah to deliver a reminder. This here is a lesson. This here is a lesson, where there are terms and terminologies and categories and definitions that you have to write down and memorize and study and learn. So this here requires a bit more of an effort, a bit more concentration, a bit more focus. You can become tired at times, especially when you're studying certain things such as um, inheritance, for example. You have to concentrate, you have to focus. Whereas a maw'idah, a maw'idah is different. A maw'idah is just a reminder, a reminder that is used to Awaken the hearts, affect the hearts, and so on and so forth. And it is recommended to have a maw, to have a reminder from time to time because of uh, the desirable benefit that it produces. Number two, what we learn from this hadith is the keenness of the companions in wanting to know al-Khair, wanting to know good. Wanting to know good. The companions did not just listen to the admonishment and the reminder of the Messenger and then packed their bags and went home rather the companions listened to it and when the Messenger had finished they said oh Messenger of Allah give us advice give us advice it looks like this is a farewell sermon so give us some advice why did they say this because they were keen in wanting to know good number three That the most important thing that the most important thing the most important advice that can be given is the taqwa of Allah the most important advice that can ever be given is the advice of having taqwa of Allah number four number four that likewise from among the very important pieces of advice that can be given is hearing and obeying the leaders. Hearing and obeying the leaders because of the dunyawi and ukhrawi benefit benefit that it carries for the Muslims. Because of the worldly and the uh, afterlife benefit that it carries for the Muslims. Listening to your leaders carries benefit in the worldly sense and it likewise carries benefit as far as your Akhirah is concerned. Number five. In this hadith, we have come to see how important it is for us to hear and obey the leaders by the Messenger, alayhi salatu wasalam, using that exaggerated form of speech that even if a slave is your leader, you have to listen to him. Number six. The Messenger ﷺ informed, informed us in this narration that difference, a great amount of difference, will occur within his ummah. And then the fact that that this has happened is from the proofs of prophethood. Number six. The messenger informed us that a greater amount of differing shall occur within his ummah, and then the fact that this has occurred is from the proofs of prophethood. Number seven: that the that the the avenue of attaining safety safety from differing is in sticking to the sunnah of the messenger. And sticking to the Sunnah of the Khulafa Ar-Rashidin That the avenue, the method, the way Of gaining safety from difference is In sticking to the Sunnah of the Messenger and the khul- Sunnah of the Khulafa Ar-Rashidin Number 8 In this hadith is obviously uh, A highlighting of the fabal, The virtue of the Khulafa al rashidun In this hadith there is a highlighting of the great virtue of the Khulafa Ar-Rashidun. Who are the Khulafa Ar-Rashidun? Number one, who from the children can tell us who are the Khulafa Ar-Rashidun? Number one, 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 one. Ah. Abu Bakr Siddiqui, then Umar, then Othman, and then Abu Bakr, Uthman. Abu Bakr, Uthman. then very good number nine in this hadith there is a warning against every single innovation within the religion that has no foundation within the religion in this hadith is a warning against innovation from those things that don't have any foundation in the religion number 10 number 10 is that all bid'ah is dalala. All innovation is misguidance. All innovation is misguidance. I remember when I started Talab uh, al-Ilm uh, and becoming religious and what have you. Obviously, I didn't know, and people used to say to me, Ali, there is bid'ah, bid'ah, say'ah, there's bid'ah, hasana as well. There's bad bid'ah, and there's good bid'ah as well. And now we know from this narration that that is a, it's an oxymoron, it's a contradiction either it's bid'ah or it's hasana either it's bid'ah it's innovation or it's hasana it's good yeah and it's from the Sunnah but you can't combine the two number 11 in this hadith there is targhib and there is Tarheeb there is targhib and there is Tarheeb there is encouragement to do something and there is causing um Causing you to dread from doing something and fearful from doing something and therefore abstain from doing something You're encouraged to do something and you're discouraged from doing something Because the messenger said bi sunnati. He said bi sunnati. Upon you is my Sunnah encouragement. He's encouraging us to do to follow his Sunnah and likewise the messenger said in the hadith umur be aware of the newly invented matters that there is that there is discouragement and lastly the 12th point the 12th point is the fact that this hadith or or the advice that the messenger gave concerning having taqwa of allah Concerning listening to the leaders Concerning following his Sunnah Concerning leaving off innovation These pieces of advice that they gave This hadith tells us and points out how Important they are. They're not just important, but they are very 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 important How does this hadith allude to that fact that having taqwa listening to the leaders, following the Sunan. Keeping away from innovation is not just important, it's not very important, it's extremely important. How does Hadith allude to that? Because the companion said, this seems to be a farewell advice. This seems to be an advice, this, sorry, this seems to be a farewell sermon, meaning this seems to be a sermon that may be the last sermon that you're going to deliver so therefore give us advice and obviously if someone's gonna give advice an advice that may be the last piece of advice that he'll ever deliver and obviously he's gonna say those things that are the most important the most important tamam and that is a summary of the benefits of this hadith Does anything need to be repeated from these 12 points no Alhamdulillah Okay, what we'll do now is uh, We'll move on to the next narration uh, What time, how long has it been now? Half an hour, yes? Okay, so ten more minutes and then we'll round up Hadith number 29 This is the hadith of Mu'adhi bin Jabal who said to the Messenger of Allah Ya Rasulullah Wasallam Ya Rasulallah Akhbirni bi'amalin yudkhiluni aljannah wa yubaiduni O Messenger of Allah Tell me about Tell me about an action that will enter me into paradise and distant me and distance me from the fire Qala laqad sa'alta an azeem Wa innahu layaseer so the messenger he says indeed you have asked about something great and Indeed it is easy for the one for whom Allah makes it easy That you worship Allah and don't associate anything with him وتؤتي وتؤتي الزكاة، وتصوم رمضان، وتحج البيت. and that you establish the salah, that you give the zakah, that you fast in Ramadan, and that you make Hajj to the house. <تصفيق> ثم قال ألا أدلك على أبواب الخير الصوم جنة، والصدقة تدفع الخطيئة كما كما يطفئ الماء النار، وصلاة الرجل في جوف الليل so then the messenger والسلام, he said shall I not direct you to the doors of good to the avenues of goodness fasting is a shield charity extinguishes Uh, 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 Charity extinguishes the evil deed Just like water extinguishes fire And prayer of a man in the middle of the night The prayer of the man in the middle of the night Is something that I indicate towards It's something that I'm going to tell you about And then he recited the verse Their sides forsake their beds up until he reached the part where Allah said يعملون. meaning he recited the verse they, uh, their sides forsake their beds while they invoke their Lord out of fear and out of hope and so no soul knows what has been concealed for him as a reward for that which they used to do no soul knows what delights of the eye has been concealed for him as a reward for that which they used to do يعملون, for that which they used to do so that is the final part of the ayah that the messenger said here. يعملون, that which they used to do in reference to that that which was mentioned earlier ثم قال أخبرك برأس الأمر وعموده سنامه؟ then the messenger said shall i not tell you about the head of the affair its pillar and the summit of its mount? قلت i said indeed o messenger of Allah. قال رأس الأمر الإسلام the messenger said, The head of the affair is Islam. Its support, its pillar is As-salah. And the summit of its mount is Al-Jihad. Then the messenger said, Shall I not tell you what governs all of that? I said, Yes indeed, O Messenger of Allah. Faakadabili and so the messenger seized his tongue. He said, he said, Hold on to this. He said, O oh messenger of Allah, are we going to be taken to account for that which we say? He said to Mu'ad, May your mother be bereaved for you. And shall people be uh, 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 dragged into the fire of hell upon their faces and in another narration upon their nostrils except as a result of the Harvest of their tongues This is a narration that has been recorded by Imam At-Tirmidhi Shaykh Abdul muhsin al-A'bad's explanation to this narration is divided into seven parts We'll have a brief look at the first part and then continue next week and that is Concerning the initial part of the statement when the companion he said "O oh, messenger of Allah Tell me about an action that shall enter me into paradise and save me from the fire of hell what does this indicate what does this indicate a companion said "O messenger of Allah tell me about an action that shall enter me into paradise and distance me from the fire of hell what do you think that indicates Hmm. fantastic akhridwan. this indicates how keen the companions were in wanting to know the avenues of good they were preoccupied in wanting to know the avenues of good they weren't that preoccupied in wanting to know the avenues of how to earn an income and how to develop a good career yes they looked at these type of things because a person has to earn a sustenance but the priority that they had in mind was what type of path do I need to walk upon what door do I need to open what Avenue do I need to adopt in order to be able to get to paradise and get saved from the fire of hell like likewise what this narration or this part of the narration tells us is that in contrast to the sufis in contrast to the sufis a person worships allah out of love of allah and likewise fear of Allah and hope in Allah because the Sufis some from amongst the Sufis you may find saying that we worship Allah only out of love of Allah this is incorrect clearly you can see it the companion was asking about what type of thing is going to get me to paradise that means that he has hope in paradise What type of thing is going to keep me distanted or distanced from hellfire? That means he's scared of hellfire. So he worships Allah out of love of Allah because he brings to mind the blessings of Allah. But likewise, he worships Allah out of hope, hope in the reward of Allah and fear of the punishment of Allah. Who else is like this? Who else is like this? Who else says we only worship the Creator? We only worship the divine the the creator out of love of him the christians the nasara they say the same they say the same thing they say the same thing <clears throat> one important point to mention is concerning the ba that has been used in this narration the ba the letter ba that has been used in this narration the companion he said ya rasulullah akhbirni bi amalin tell me about an action and then the ba is used the ba we translate it as tell me about an action by way of which we uh, a person can enter into paradise so you can translate the ba as by but ba has many different meanings that's just the translation we want to know a, a more of an in-depth meaning as to what this Ba means Ba can have many meanings in the Arabic language the prepositions they can have various different meanings many meanings Lam has 27 meanings Laam Laam whether it has a fatta or a kasra or a dhamma on it it can mean uh, for like I bought this for my friend The lam it can mean uh, belonging like this is Ridwan's pen this pen belongs to Ridwan it can mean deserving as in Alhamdulillah all praise Allah is deserved of all praise Lam can have different meanings and likewise Ba can have different meanings this one letter Ba can have different meanings and the way that a person can determine the meaning that a certain Preposition carries is the context. Is the context so now, ba from its meanings is uh, uh, uh from its meanings is mu'awaba, which is recompensing, recompensing, exchanging, substituting that type of meaning, mu'awaba, recompensing, substituting, uh, reimbursing. Reimbursing is probably the closest meaning to it. Reimbursing, muawadah. Somebody gives you something, so you give him something back in exchange. Right? So, for example, somebody gave you a bottle of juice, and then you give him £2.50 as an iwad, as a reimbursement, as an exchange. Right? Because the value of that bottle of water amounted to £2.50. The value of that bottle of water amounted to two pound fifty, and thus you gave him two pound fifty. Okay. That's one meaning that the ba carries, معاوضة, to reimburse. The other meaning that the ba can have is that it is ba <coughs> the ba of causation, the ba of causation. Meaning that A was a cause of B. For example, um, somebody is, uh, invites you to, uh, to dinner. Somebody invites you to dinner. So then you get him a box of quality streets. Ferrara Roches. Or a nice. Homemade cake from Abu'l-Hari. Somebody invites you to dinner. That was nice of him, wasn't it? To invite you to dinner. So what you do is you get him a box of Ferrero Rochers. Now, when you go to his house, he's cooked for you a fantastic meal. fantastic meal that is um, consisting of beautiful vegetables, a nice succulent goat, and, uh, and beautiful Yanni starters and what have you. Uh, drinks on the table, hospitality is impeccable. So, now, what he has now offered to you on the table, does that equate to a small box of Ferrero Rocher's? Just the dessert that he's made of homemade. Uh, homemade cherries and homemade uh, sweet uh, homemade fruit Just the dessert Ibrahim. <laughs> Just the dessert Just the dessert is nothing in comparison to a box of Ferrero Rochers So what you've done now in getting the box of Ferrero Rochers for the invitation Is it an Iwab? Is it a reimbursement? Is it an exchange? Does it substitute? Doesn't substitute does it? So, what is it? It was just a cause. Sorry? It's gratitude. Yeah, it's gratitude. But the point being is that it was a cause, right? The invitation was a cause of you giving the Ferrero Rochers. It is not a substitute, right? The Ferrero Roche isn't a substitute for the dinner. Because the value of the dinner far exceeds the value of the Ferrero Rocher. The worth of the dinner far exceeds the value and the worth of the Ferrero Rocher. Okay, so why did you give the Ferrero Rocher? Because the dinner was a cause, it was a suburb of you giving the Ferrero Rocher. Okay, why why have we mentioned that? Just to embed the meaning of these two of these two uh, meanings of ba, ba can mean a substitute, or it can be the ba of causation. Yes, my brother Adam. A peace offering, yeah. Gratitude, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yes, the bunch of flowers. He might, have, he might have saved your life. Chocolates, for example. yeah Chocolate. chocolates remaining there for a long time <laughs> that's right fantastic fantastic so the reason why we're clarifying this is because it's important it's very important to know the meaning uh, behind this bar right because did not the messenger alayhi salatu wasalam say that len? يَدْخُلَ أَحَدُكُمْ بِعَمَلِهِ الْجَنَّةِ Did not the Prophet say, none of you shall enter into paradise amalihi by his actions. Same letter, ba. The Messenger said, none of you shall enter into paradise by his actions. And then what did the companion say? قَالُوا وَلَا أَنْتَ يَا رَسُولَ and not even you, O Messenger of Allah He said, not even me Except that Allah will have mercy He will envelop me in his mercy Meaning it's by his mercy that I will enter into paradise And it's by Allah's mercy that you will enter into paradise Okay, but then did not Allah Jalla say in the book and that is the paradise that you have inherited by what you used to do he used the bar here as well ah okay <clears throat> so now the ba that is used in the hadith of the messenger of allah وسلم, when he said None of you shall enter paradise uh, or by his actions. Which bar is this? Ba al or bar al The bar of causation or the bar of reimbursement? The bar of reimbursement. Right? The bar of reimbursement. Why? Because Jannah has a value. Jannah has a worth. Your actions, do they equate to the value of Jannah? Entry into paradise, the entrance into, the, into paradise, the ticket into paradise. Getting into paradise has a value, doesn't it? We'd all give our lives if we know that we can get some type of guarantee for paradise. So therefore, it's, uh, it's a given that paradise has a great, uh, um, uh, great value of a magnificent size, a size that can't even be imagined. Paradise has a fantastic value, has a fantastic worth. Every single deed that you've done, every single deed that you've done, righteous deed that you've done, from the first righteous righteous deed that you've done till the righteous deed that you've done until today, until the righteous deed that you do until the day that you die, every single righteous deed that you do in your 60 70 80 90 years in this world is still nothing as far as the value of paradise is concerned as far as the worth of paradise is concerned and therefore the actions that we do uh, are, that we do are not such that we have to work for it so that we can pay pay off the Entry fee into paradise. The actions that we do, the salah that we do, isn't such that we can get to the level whereby we've worked hard enough to get into paradise, that we've got to a level where our actions equate to the value of paradise. Are you understanding this? Yeah? Yeah? Okay. So then, how do we enter into paradise? By the, Shaykh Ammar, eh? by the mercy of Allah. So then, what does this mean when Allah says, that is the paradise that you have inherited inherited by way of the actions that you used to do or when the companion said to the prophet tell me about an action by way of which I can enter paradise and get salvation from the hellfire what does this by mean in that sense? the bar of causation meaning that that action would be a cause of you entering into paradise your actions will be a cause of you will elaborate upon this just in case people haven't fully understood it your actions will be a cause of you entering into paradise but they will not be a a, an i'wab, a substitution of you entering into paradise because your actions are nothing in comparison to what paradise is and the worth of paradise an example to perhaps clarify even more clarify this bow of causation even more is that for example you want to buy a phone. You want to buy a phone. You want to buy a I don't know a Samsung S seven edge. You want to buy a Samsung S seven edge so you go shopping for a phone. And you enter into a shop and you find that the shopkeeper, ah he's a friend of yours from back in the days. He's a friend of yours, you had a good relationship with him, and he says to you that, give me this phone, I'll sell you this phone, you want to buy a phone, it's Samsung S7H, I'll sell it to you. You can have it for, I don't know, one pound. You can have Samsung, Samsung pay as you go, look everybody's smiling now. Samsung, S7 Edge, pay as you go for one pound. Give me one pound for this phone. Give me one pound for this phone. That one pound will be for this phone. That one pound that is given, or that phone that is given for a a one pound, uh, is that because it's an equivalent in value? No, what's the cause? The... The friendship. okay. So there was a cause. What was the cause? Him giving the pound. There was a cause that led to him taking that phone for one pound. It wasn't the case that the pound equated to the value of the phone. Although, perhaps, I don't know. If you were to go to China and ask the people that are putting the phone together, it might be a pound. But I'm sure you know the example. You understand the example. There was a cause behind that price being dropped what was the cause the cause was the friendship okay so now entry into paradise has a cause what's the cause no actions no beliefs no actions beliefs faith and works faith and works belief and actions are a are a are a cause of entry into paradise but they are not an They're not a substitution, they are not a reimbursement for paradise. Very important that you know that. Why? Because sometimes you get the Christians, they coming to you, They come to you and they say, you Muslims, you, you're, you're off the track. You, know, you talk about actions, why it's important for us to do actions to get into paradise. Actions are going to get you into paradise. Just like yesterday, yesterday at the da'wah stall, this one Christian, he comes over and he said, that you are filthy scum. You are, hold it there. He said, you are filthy scum, not me in specific. Don't know were you there that time? Yeah, Not me in specific, not us in specific, but we as human beings. We are filthy scum. We are filthy scum. What do they mean by this when they say this? We as human beings are filthy scum. Meaning that we are? Sinners, we are sinners. We, we're, you know, we are we sin. So yes, Adam. No, no. What this person was, ref- what this person was referring to, is that he wasn't meaning us in specific. He meant that human beings are scum in the sense of we're sinners. Yeah, human beings, human beings. He meant human beings, not Muslims specifically, right? When he said you, you know, like you say, oh, you know, if you were to ever do this. You don't mean you, the person that you're speaking to, it's just a, a word that you use. So he, he, he said that human beings, basically, we're all sinners, right? That's what Christians say, isn't it? We're all we're born as sinners, we're born as sinners, right? We're born as evil sinners, even though when my babies were born, when I looked at them, then they seemed to be the most sinless creatures on the face of the earth, pure. But this is the Christian belief, that we are born as sinners, So then he says that um, because you you believe that you can enter into paradise by way of your actions. How can we enter into paradise by way of our actions? Because forgiveness from the Creator needs to be so great in order for us to be forgiven. And therefore whatever actions we do, it's nothing in comparison to the magnitude of forgiveness that that we require. And therefore, what you have to do is believe. This is what he was saying, essentially. This is me paraphrasing what he was saying. What you have to believe is that God or Jesus died on the cross. Just have that belief. Jesus died on the cross for your sins. Because your sins are so big that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. Now you're sorted. Okay, so for me to be sincere to God, I have to believe that God came, entered into the body of a human being and committed suicide I have to believe that God entered into the body of a human being committed suicide in order for me to be forgiven that's what you're saying that my sins are so big that I just have to believe just believe it don't do any actions just believe that God committed suicide as long as you believe that you're all sorted the problem with Your understanding is, is that you have an incorrect understanding concerning our belief about actions. Because when you believe, when you think about actions, you think of Iwad, You think of substitution. You think of requiting. You think of repaying. That God has given us blessings, we have to repay him and our actions have to meet the same level. We have lots of sins and therefore we have to do actions so that our sins can be forgiven and the forgiveness and the actions has to be on the same level. You're thinking with a mindset of substitution. But when we say that we will enter, or we, or that the Muslim shall enter into paradise by way of his actions, meaning that the actions are a cause of his, of, cause of his entering into paradise, meaning that if I am truly sincere to my Creator, then I won't just have faith, I won't just have belief in what he's commanded me to believe in, but likewise, I'm going to do something from actions, something from the things that he loves, to demonstrate to him, to show to him that, look, I do love you, I do have hope in you, I do fear you, I do want your paradise, I do want to be safe from the fire of hell, otherwise I'm just an insincere person. So the actions aren't a substitution, but it's just a show it's just to demonstrate your sincerity that you really mean it when you say to your Lord that I want to submit to you but obviously they don't understand this they believe that as long as you believe as long as you have faith then it's okay so that is the most important thing that we want to go home with we don't anybody anybody to be misunderstanding this point very important that you understand this that bar in the hadith and that bar in those ayat can mean two different things. It can be the bar of causation or it can be the bar of replacement and ya'ani reimbursement. Tamam. If anybody needs some more clarification, then inshallah ta'ala I'll clarify. Uh, but if that is it, then inshallah ta'ala we'll continue next week. Wallahu <laughs> ta'ala a'lamu ala nabiyyina Muhammad walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.